I'm still blown away by the acts of individual courage that we've seen so far in this war in Ukraine and resilience as well that we've witnessed over the past 18 days, whether it's people on the front lines in Ukraine, people fleeing the war, the shelling, people brave enough to go out like Maria Avdieva, who we spoke to last week from Kharkiv, brave enough to go out and document what's going on with just a camera phone. And also, of course, those protesting in Russia, where the sanctions and the penalties can be severe if you are in fact caught, not to mention if you do it very publicly. We witnessed one such protest on Russian TV tonight. There's been a complete clampdown on information about uh, what's going on in Ukraine, as you may have heard, not even able to call it a war in Russia. Well, tonight, an employee of Channel One, which is the main one of the main newscasts in the country, an employee of Channel One, an editor, apparently ran onto the set of one of the country's most popular newscasts yelling, stop the war, and holding up, holding up a sign saying, they're lying to you here. Listen closely, and you'll hear in this clip, you'll hear her running onto the set. О том, как смягчить воздействие западных санкций, говорил сегодня Михаил Мишустин. На встрече со своим белорусским коллегой российский премьер подчеркнул, надо усилить сотрудничество в рамках союзного государства. А на совещании в правительстве обсуждали, как сохранить доступность лекарницы не должны пострадать от введенных Западом агрессивных. And she had pre-recorded a video message, apparently, saying what is going on in Ukraine is a crime. We don't know what's happened to Maria tonight, officially. In a statement to the Russian state news agency TASS, the channel said they're doing an internal check regarding, quote unquote, an incident, another act of bravery. Speaking of brave people, my next guest is one of 2.8 million people who fled the fighting in Ukraine to neighboring countries. She had to leave Kiev. It was getting dangerous. She took her mom there. They left her father behind in Kyiv fighting. She's now on the Romanian-Ukrainian border trying to help out those, including her dad, on the front lines. And Katrina Tamina joins me now from Romania, just across the Ukrainian border. Thanks for your time tonight, Katrina. It's my pleasure. Hi. Tell me a bit about even what today looked like. What have you been doing and, and what are you trying to do to help those back home? Yeah, my today's day was uh, pretty similar as my last 10 days. I was trying to, I, I was working a lot. I'm volunteering these days and I was working on the supply chain to provide humanitarian help, humanitarian aid from my friends from abroad and to bring this aid to my friends who have stayed to protect the country, like the sleeping mats, the sleeping bags, the warm clothes. And at the same time, I work on the supply chain of body armor and helmets to supply the territorial defense forces who stay naked, literally protect, protecting my city and my country with their bodies and their bravery. So that's what I do these days. How difficult is it to try and, to try and do that kind of work? It's obviously not something you've probably done before. How, how, do, you, how do you adapt? Yeah, it's probably, it's it's 100% not what I was doing before. Um, how do I do it? I just research a lot. I research uh, what kind of um, body armor is needed. What are the standards? How do I uh, make them? Um, how do I say it? How do I cross uh, them? How do, how do I take them to Ukraine? How do I cross the border? Make them cross the border. Uh, I have read all the laws. I have 
I have figured out how to do it. And then I was looking for this supplier, like the company who provides this specific helmets and body armor that fit the fighters, the warriors. And I have contacted, I don't know, maybe 15 companies to find the body armor in stock and there is none. So I have had a little, I don't know, sad, some sad part, but then I realized I just need to work, um, like to order them and then they work on them and then they supply them to me. So yeah, it was pretty hard, but it works finally. It's very important for me to uh, supply my friends, uh, my members of my family, my father who has stayed to protect the country. And that's what I do. Like, I feel that's the thing I should do to protect my country and to fight in my own way. I was going to say, because you do have family who are still there fighting, right? Yes, I do have my father that has stayed there. And I have lots of friends, my male friends who have stayed uh, to protect my city and my country. And there are actually lots of them, like 22 people, I like for now. And then... I need to make this supply chain wider to to supply more. That's it. So you've actually managed to find some of this uh, equipment that you were looking for, the body armor and the helmets. You managed to locate some at least. Yes, yes. But they are not in stock. They're like uh, you pay and then they're working on it. They do right. not have anything in stock in Europe, unfortunately. Not for uh, private small funds like like I am. Right. What's it? I mean, it, it, what a challenge! And I mean, what? It, what's? What was it like for you? Clearly, you've left Kiev. Uh, what was the? What were the last few days there like? And you're still in contact, I'm, I'm sure, with your family and your friends. Yeah, of course, I'm still in contact with my family and my friends, and everybody is still alive, mm-hmm. and that is like the best news I want to get every morning. Uh, unfortunately, not ev- every family member of my friends are alive at this point um but yeah my friends and my family is still is still in contact um uh i i did not get it did you ask how my first days were? i, I asked you when, when you left yeah what made you decide to leave and how and, and what was that like yeah that was one of the worst nights i had in my life i think i um, woke up the morning the war started i woke up to air raid air raid sirens and i got very scared because i got to the news and i realized the war started so i was packing and i was thinking like what do i do next i came to my family to my parents and i was pretty sure i will be going back home because i wanted to leave my car at my parents place so that they use it if, if they want to leave and I was not planning to leave, but that night as I spent at my parents' place, I heard bombing, I heard air raid sirens, I had no sleep, I felt so much danger all around uh, that the morning, <laughs> when the morning began, I realized I just need to uh, make myself, uh, to put myself into some secure, secure more secure place. Because if I die, I will not be able to help this situation. Like in any case, I just die. And if I do not die, I will be able to protect my country and to protect my life and to fight for it 
just yeah. if I survive first. Right. So I offered, like, I, I'm leaving, who's coming with me, and my mom decided to come with me. So we're here, and my father decided to stay. So once you arrived in Romania, um, first of all, was I guess there, you're in an area with a lot of different people from Ukraine now, but once you arrived in Romania, what was the welcome like when you got there? And what have you been able to do since you got there to, to help out back home? Okay, so the welcome was beautiful. I did not, I was not waiting for anything. I have been driving, I don't know, around 20 hours with no sleep and then I have spent 15 hours at the border in the line like the day was very long and when I entered when we have entered Romania with my mom we were so exhausted and so tired and there were lots of volunteers who who knew who felt kind of felt our state because I was almost not I was not able to even speak i was so tired after all the driving and line and the volunteers have offered that they can find a stay for us and they have found it very quickly like it took i don't know maybe maximum one hour maybe maybe even less so we stay here at the place the volunteers have found for us and I appreciate it a lot. People are great. And I appreciate also very much that we stay in the Ukrainian-Romanian community. It is important for me to understand people. And they speak my language. And they feel themselves Ukrainians. So I feel like, like I'm at home. Almost. Almost. I'm speaking with Katerina Tomina, a Kiev resident now in Romania, right on the Ukrainian border, doing volunteer work. Uh, both providing much-needed supplies for those uh, for refugees coming across, I gather, and also trying to provide even more needed supplies for those still fighting back in her home city of Kiev. Uh, when we come back after this, a bit more about uh, about what she's hoping to do, and also just how she's seen this conflict progress and what she hopes for the future. We'll be back with that. I'm back with Katrina Tomina, a Kiev resident now in Romania on the Romanian-Ukrainian border, uh, doing her best volunteering to try and provide much-needed supplies uh, across that border back into Ukraine, uh, both both food but also um, body armor as well as helmets, other things that uh, that the Ukrainian defense forces need as well. Uh, Katrina, how did it come about that you that you were that you found a way to start volunteering and what? And what have you been trying to do? Okay, I'll start from the very beginning. Sure. Uh, when I was when I left Kiev, mm-hmm. I, uh, me, and my mom was stayed in uh, on the west side of Ukraine. First, we hoped that the conflict might end quickly. And when I arrived to the western side of Ukraine, while I was driving, I realized that I need to do something. I feel like I I need to be part of uh, of all this because I want to fight back for what was taken away from me that horrible morning. And when I ar- arrived to the western part of Ukraine, I was helping the refugees. I was sorting food. I went to the volunteer center, was organizing some stuff there uh, for, for the refugees that have come to the western side of Ukraine uh, from the hotspots like Kiev, Kharkiv and Donetsk. And we have spent three days there and then the air raid sirens started where we stayed in Chernivtsi and I have spent like seven hours in the bomb shelter and that was denied. I realized that I will be able to help my country if I have the internet connection and also if I'm alive. 
So that night we have made the decision to cross the border and stay somewhere close by the border in case if some of our friends or other people need help. When I just arrived to Romania, I also went to the volunteer center and I helped with uh, refugees and was searching food and was the information where people should go and where are the buses and uh, looking for the shelters for them. Uh, I have spent a couple of days there and then I realized that I do not feel I'm doing enough. So uh, at the same time, I was in contact with my friends and that was the time I realized that all my beloved people, male guy, like guys who need to, who decided they want to protect the country, they went to the ter territorial defense forces and that they do not have the body armor. And big part of my life are people of and I need to make sure that I do the most for the people that matter a lot for me. And also I realized that if the territorial defense forces do not have the basic protection of, the, of their bodies, there is going to be more refugees. So I decided that I need to put all my effort into protecting those territorial defense forces. They protect me and my country and fight for my life with their bodies. And I need to fight with protecting their bodies, like a girl with a computer and with some, um, some brains can do a lot, I think, also. And that's what I do now. So I, do not, I no longer help the refugees. The humanitarian aid I help with is for the territorial defense forces as well. There are sleeping bags and sleeping mats and some warm clothes and the body armor and the helmets. It's not the humanitarian aid. It's the other part of my activity because like, the process is more complicated to make it all work. Katrina, how is your mood about it? I mean, this has been going on now for three weeks. I know, I know just based on the, on the adrenaline, it's, it's, you can work that hard for a while, but are you, do you, how is the mood right now? Are you, and how are you looking back at home? And what are you thinking this week? Uh, the mood, I must admit that the mood is going like waves, like the, uh, they go up and down. And I also know that I'm not the one, the only one going those waves. Um, I, I talk to my friends and I'm also in some volunteers chats, but um, what I think, what I used to think is that the conflict should have ended faster. I no longer feel like it. I feel like we all need, like the Ukrainians, we all need to make sure we can stand for the next couple of months uh, my, I think that it should end in the next couple of months. I hope so. And I am very afraid that this war will be prolonged like for years and that everybody will be, will get used to it and just think that, ah, Ukraine, that's where the war is. And then talk about their, I don't know, uh, late evening uh, plans. Mm. So this is why I do this interview. I want the war to end quicker and i want the like the society like the community of the world the world people in this world to keep keep thinking keep fighting keep uh, keep fighting for peace i really do not think that it is okay in the modern world to just bomb 
a country? Like, what kind of act is it? If we, as a world community, decide that this is okay, <laughs> that I really do not want a world like this, so I contribute in a better world in my way. Katrina Tamina, thank you so much for your time tonight and keep up the great work. I appreciate uh, you taking some of your very busy day to speak with me. Thank you for offering. I appreciate it very much. I hope it helps my country and me and my friends to get back to uh, our normal life. And I also feel um, so much passion about coming back to Ukraine and rebuilding the country from the ashes. And that is also one of the moods I regularly feel from my friends. This is the times when we no longer want to flee Ukraine. We want to come back and rebuild it and build a beautiful country.